What's up, Fight Fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Tuesday, June 16th, 2020. My name is Gabriel, and I am here with my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. You know, I was kind of hoping you would say it was like July 5th or something so that I wouldn't have to hear my neighbors fire off any more, any more fireworks. They've been doing it for like the past 20 days, and they're going to keep going until July 4th. Oh my <laughs> I've <God>. had enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, my friend. But hang on. Yeah. Hey, I feel like this 4th of July is going to be popping. I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. people have a. Hey, I don't think people are going to be this excited to celebrate freedom since the original Fourth of July. I think you're right, man. I think it's going to be crazy, and uh, I'm going to have to buy some ear protection for my boy Joe. Like it's going to feel like the purge, man. Like people just <laughs> oh, going to no, no, no. go. Uh, I mean, but like friendly, the, but friendly. The, the good purge, not the yeah. you know the one that ha- that has all those bad, scary movies. Not the crime purge, exactly. But you know, people are just going to go off. Go wild. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's episode, Calvillo Shines in the Eye of the Storm. We'll obviously go back to Vegas to talk about Jessica I and Cynthia Calvillo over the weekend. We will talk about a couple of the the chatter. I won't say breaking news. I think the UFC spent their powder, you know, last week on all the Fight Island stuff. And we'll get you guys ready for this coming Saturday's card, Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. And all of the little stuff in between. Natalie, this Saturday... Okay, so full disclosure, and I don't think I mentioned it on the show, but I was there to cover the this last week's card between Jessica and Cynthia Calvillo live. And I gotta say, so now we've been hearing about it, we've talked about it at length. I've officially experienced the UFC during covid and it is quite, I mean, you know what? I could talk all day. What do you want to know about it? Because I think that'll be my biggest thing. Okay. I want to know if, um, oh boy, were there any like discarded masks lying around? That seems to be the thing that people like to do. Wear their mask and leave it on the ground. Or were people pretty, uh, pretty clean about it? Absolutely clean. There were no discarded masks. There was no, um, I'll say this, everyone working, you know, on the UFC side and the medical side, I, they were, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I didn't see anyone. It's like, hey, wait, aren't you? No, they did make it feel very, they were taking it serious. Plain and simple. Okay. Yeah. And you passed, you're, you're Rona free, right? Yes, so I did the okay. two tests. Mine were the um, the throat swab tests, and okay. yes, I am good. Did you did you, Would you have rather had the nasal swab? Okay, so the weird thing about it is the first throat swab I did, it was so painless. I was almost like that was it. Like that's all that people have been talking about. Um, wasn't bad at all. The second time, and Lorsenko warned me that this might happen. Is that like um. I felt like the second time was just as quick, but for whatever reason, he just seemed to scrape a little bit harder, a little bit further back, and um, that one stung more. But um, uh, on a scale of one to ten, like a solid like seven at worst. The first one, I'd even put it at a four. It's like okay. th- that wasn't that bad, you know. I don't and get then, me wrong; I don't want to do it every day, but right, yeah. Okay, so then you take your test, and then what, does someone, like, escort you to your room and say, you better not move, or what? Uh, nothing so secret service, <laughs> but the, you are given written instructions, and the understanding is if you don't comply, and, you know, because you literally pass several UFC staff on the way in, so if you were to, like, be cute and be like, oh, I'm, before I go to my hotel, I'm going to grab pancakes or something, mm-hmm. it would be very obvious, so... Yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. You just kind of um, the honor system, you know, and okay. the fact that yes, they see you, but you do kind of just—it's already understood. You supp- you know that you're supposed to go to the hotel room that everyone's talked about. And my my number one concern for you was: will you will you eat? How will you eat? What will you eat if you're if you're stuck in your room? They warn you, and the room in particular had the fridge and microwave, so. And then they had food upon arriving to the apex. So, you know, you put it this way. Even if you didn't have food, you'd probably make it, you know, in all honesty. Damn. Okay. So, so like, could you, could you tell when you drove in if Vegas was back? 
Okay, so the weird thing about it is that I actually, um, my route and where I was staying, I never had to get on the freeway going like into the strip, toward the strip, everything. And, um, you know, I'm not going to give away like the address because I feel like that's weird. But for people who don't know, the apex is located probably about 15, 20 minutes-ish um, off the side of the strip. So, like literally, I didn't go through any of the like Vegas Las Vegas, iconic Las Vegas places. I did, however, I didn't go to the store, but I was told no masks in the grocery store. People are kind of operating business as usual. Um, it, they're just a lot more relaxed than they are in uh, California and other parts of the country right now. Okay. All right. But, uh, what else What else did happen that I haven't, that I haven't covered with my many questions? Anything extra? You know what? No, that's pretty much it. That's kind of what you go through. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, I can't really add more. Just like everything you've seen people post is everyone's kind of separate in the scrums and the weigh-ins. We're given just a lot more birth from the athletes than, um, than a normal event. And, you know, I get it. And I will say that it's like, um, even though we're all tested, they still treat it like you could, you know, spread it and that's not to say it's we're treated poorly but they take it seriously so even if you're tested and your test comes back negative they're still taking this seriously so i think that's a you could tell that's a huge part of exactly why they've been able to get approved to come back to work in these numbers okay i like it so you feel like hey man that was a great experience and like once in a lifetime kind of deal I mean, well, to, uh, I'm going to just uh, um, break the news right now. I'm set to go back next week. But yes, okay. of course. <laughs> it, it was quite... And look, um, attending... Uh, I've done UFC, Bellator, PFL, um, Combate Americas, a ton of local stuff. Um, I will say that, you know, anytime you could be hit with something new and unique, it certainly... It just adds to the book, right? And this is certainly unlike anything else and the whole sequestering and all that and it's like oh this is a this is a different kind of ball game you know and but it, at the end of the day we're all there to do the job that we've always done and i think that was the mentality is like okay we know what to do and we just did it okay okay i like it i got one last question for you go ahead with this now this ufc event calvio i in the rearview mirror and another one on the horizon what are you going to do differently having experienced one going into another Ooh, i love the, this you're coming in with the fire questions natalie <laughs> i'm impressed who do you think you are ariel hawani barbara um, walters <laughs> you know what um i will say this i think that um in terms of just like the hotel situation i feel like a little more prepared like how I, what I need to bring to make it just a more smooth experience. Cause that's really the odd one is that, you know, you're, you, even for no matter what fight week, you're kind of used to just, okay, you're leaving from your residence, whether it be your, if you live there or Airbnb to the venue. This time it was very, you know, uh, okay, you leave your place early in the morning, you go to the hotel and you're just sitting there and it's like, you know, like I'm already awake and been tested so I don't feel that sleepiness and then the food situation so I just feel like it'll be more efficient what I bring what I don't etc cetera, etc cetera. okay but really right. that's the only change everything else is like you know par for the course of what I'm used to all right you're not bringing some DiGiorno's for uh for the oven you know what, I if I'm going to, you know, be extra like that and bougie, I'm probably going to bring like Ferrero Rocher. Holy shoes. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's my plan. Got it. I like it, man. All right. Well, congrats on having done one and on having another one lined up. I know. It's like my children. I got another one on the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, it's so exciting. I'm nervous and excited at the same time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> anyway, um, Natalie, let me ask you, what did you think about the main event between Cynthia Calvillo and Jessica I? You know, man, it kind of went down partially like I saw it. I thought that Jessica I would maybe be punching a little bit of air, you know? Her jab looked good, so so she actually 
perform better on, on, on the feet than I thought, but still, still punching a little bit of air. Calvillo, I thought, was going to do more on the feet, but, you know, she mostly took it the other way. Uh, the outcome, though, for me was what I expected. Calvillo, unanimous decision. I think you picked I. I think you thought she was going to be the bigger, stronger fighter in there. How do you How do you feel now? <laughs> you just what's up? You got that sass today? Hey, I know what it was. I was just eating some chili roasted pistachios. I think they gave me sass. I think you're right. It's like, dang, she just <laughs> she went there like. How do you like it now, Gabriel? How do you like your pick now? It's got to be like that, huh? You know what? I'll say this. Um, In terms of like the full 25 minutes, uh, first round, I really thought that I, I thought I took it. I thought it was close. And that's a testament to Calvillo probably feeling better at 125 compared to 115 pounds. Um, quite bluntly, I really thought that she was going to shift into an X gear. And I really thought she does that. This is a very different fight. I think a little more output. I think maybe a couple of those leg kicks to the calf really hurt the mobility and Calvillo's ability to, you know, load up and go for the takedown. I thought all of that would happen and have an effect. And I was just shocked at how much I just seemed to want to box and was a little patient. And I just know I've seen her shift gears and do what she needs to like the Araujo fight and the Chukagian fight and not saying you know look I'm aware she's not a home run hitter she's not out here dropping people like she's Chris Cyborg I you know not that at all but I did feel like there was a volume there and just a lack of urgency that I just feel like she's shown in the past that would have gotten the job done but credit to Calvillo she was the one who Stepped it up when she needed to. She uh, just upped the volume when she needed to. She stayed active. On the ground, I'll say that um, I felt like the size, the experience, the IQ. I mean, I had some escapes in that fight, but I really did not expect Calvillo to have such dominance on the ground as she did. I really thought that she'd have a lot tougher time keeping those positions on Jessica I, and I think that was the deciding factor. Yeah, man, she was relentless. It was uh, it was nice to see, and yeah, she looked really comfortable at, at the new weight class. Um, By the way, you know? strong too. I mean, yeah. you know, you feel like these girls, you know, everybody, they kind of talk about, you know, I want to put on some more muscle. I want to do it efficiently. I don't want to just eat pizza and weigh in ten pounds heavier. She looked <laughs> like her power stacked up very well, considering you know she was fighting at one fifteen uh, late last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody had nothing but time to build muscle, I guess. You, or you could go the other way, which is probably my, my choice. But uh, pizza, 10 pounds by pizza. But, um, no, man, she looked good. I think I think it ended up being a good win for her. I don't think it would have been as good of a win for Jessica I had she had she gotten the, the nod. But for Calvillo, I mean, you just look at the rankings. She Well, she wasn't there before, right? But she just slotted right into number two, according to UFC rankings, and sent everybody else down one notch. And, uh, well, Jessica, I got pushed down three. But, but yeah, she got slotted right in there. So good for her, man. Let's see what happens. Uh, I'm not looking at it right now. Where's Chukagian? Chukagian is, is number one. Number one. So she kind of took Jessica's spot. She did. Know? She Which moved I, up one. I think yeah. that makes sense. But, I mean... Uh, I know UFC rankings, they could feel a little, you know, mm-hmm. like Pirates of the Caribbean guidelines, not actual rules. But I think <laughs> that that makes sense. Um, I like Chukagian for Calvillo. And really, uh, put it this way. I'm not saying, oh, this is this big dramatic fight that, oh, the winner of this gets Shevchenko right now. But in terms of, you know, what's available and what legit what's the biggest feather you could put in your cap for both women i feel like this is it because i think that chukagian you know you're coming off the title fight and you now you've got the win over antonina i feel like calvillo is your next best option um and we'll talk about this fight coming up but you have lauren murphy and uh roxanne maybe them next i could see that you know to kind of build the case for later you know late next year or sorry, like late this year, maybe early next year in terms of the title picture. But yeah, I, I just like the fight for Chukagian and Calvillo. I think that Chukagian, you know, similar to Jessica I, you know, 
she doesn't hit you. She's not, you know, out there scoring a sports center top 10, but she's just good. She's versatile. She's experienced. And I think that her ground game changes it up against Calvillo. Yeah, actually it does. It's We've seen that just recently, right? How, how well she did against Antonina. So that, that makes sense that they're just, you know, one and two easy. The only thing I, I think about is, you know, well, we don't have the date yet for Shevchenko Calderwood, but I guess that's still going to be the next fight, right? It was already booked and then canceled. Um, but what I don't want to see is, you know, if Chikagian wins, then it's like she, she goes right back to, um, well, no, I guess I take it back. Yeah. Never mind. I think I got my wires crossed. Just kidding. It's all good. Uh, so, I, yeah, we'll see what happens. Then. The, yeah, they're one and two. Let, let them fight it out, and then we'll go from there. I did go for the low-hanging fruit, and I tried to get Dana to give us an update on um, Adesanya Costa and Shevchenko Calderwood. I really thought that he would give me the Valentina one. I thought he would be like, oh, yeah, that's a fight. We're looking to add it to the next Fight Island series and be like, yes, breaking news. He didn't give it to me. Uh. He, he looked at me and he realized, oh, that's another sexy tan guy. That's not Brett Okamoto. I don't break news to him. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> and the best way possible. No, but um, uh, yeah, I think that, um, okay, dude, and we'll talk about it more when we talk about the other fight. But for my money, I think that the UFC's plan is if um, Shevchenko beats Calderwood, Possibly um, Wei Li fights one more time. The plan would be to probably have um, Wei Li move up. I think that the, in the dream dream world, Nama Yunus beats Andrade next month. Fights Wei Li later this year. Calderwood fights um, Shevchenko about late summer, early fall. And that, you know, we could have a champ versus champ fight maybe second quarter 2021 i think that that's their ideal schedule dude that's that's an awesome forecast so i'm fingers crossed there because that would be great all those fights you just laid out i mean we all you know i did bring it up it's like yes the best laid plans like tony (laughs) versus habib and right we all know how good those go but hey (laughs) you know it's gotta be i i feel like that's that's ideally what they want Anyway, good stuff. Uh, Marvin Vittori kind of finished off that grudge match and all that. Uh, yeah. A lot of girls and guys lighting it up on the prelims. Good stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I will say this. In terms of pacing, uh, the first the prelims outpaced the main card. And, you know, that was a little expected. But, yeah, it was a, a lot of bangers. It's not like uh, these are a lot of blowouts. There was a lot of back and forth in a lot of the fights. So... I will say that for this Saturday's card after, you know, I know people were hating on it for no good reason. Yeah, I mean, they all, it's like a... Remember when you guys didn't have sports? Right, let's just keep remembering, (laughs) let's just keep being grateful, that's what I think. I'm like, I don't care who's fighting, Yeah. Uh, like, it's a Saturday night and there's fights on, so I'm I'm just in gratitude mode, for sure. Exactly. Um, Natalie, I think the year, like I said, the UFC kind of, um, they had that big kick last week that I think they kind of forgot we need something to talk about this week. Um, so I think the big one, Amanda Nunes mentioned retirement. She told the Brazilian TV show that, you know, she's achieved everything that she wants and I can imagine so. And just pretty much she's in a place that, Hey, if I want to walk away, I could do it or. If I want to keep fighting, it's right there, and she's just in this nice spot where she's kind of, um, and I've, we've said it, she's kind of won the game. Uh, Dana did say that he would be mad at Amanda. He said that they are looking to build the featherweight division, and um, I've got some thoughts about that, but really, so here we're at, Amanda, I guess, how much do you read into that? You think that, you know, I'll, and I'm aware that you just had a baby too, but... Amanda Nunes, she's about to be a mom. She's had a long career. She's beaten everybody that you can name off the top of your head. Um, What do you think about that? Her just possibly calling it a day. It totally makes sense because right now there's no, who's there that's like interesting, right? 
it, it would just be a matter of like doing your job, like go, like having an office job and just like putting on your tie and going to work and sit at the computer. If she had to face, to me, in my eyes anyway, like Megan Anderson, I like Irene Eldon at 135, but you know, I don't know if she's ready to, to, to go toe to toe with Amanda Nunes. And I think it's fine to let these divisions percolate a little bit. So will she fully retire? Nah, I think, but, but definitely like, Look, man, she, you know, Nina's the one who's pregnant, right? But but it's going to be a lot of work for both of them. Is once, this not once... supposed to be a partnership? <laughs> That's how <laughs> I understand it. Unless <laughs> the little bambino comes out, it's a lot of work, man, and just depends how they want to how they want to tackle it. So, you know, share the workload or whatever percentage they they decide to go with it, and, and I think that and how. How intense camps usually are for Amanda will determine when she's or if she's willing to, you know, go back into that. And um, as for Dana White, yeah, that was an interesting reaction. Him, him talking about, like, wanting to build up the division. Well, you had a lot of time when you had Cyborg and you didn't do it. Um, and you had time when Nunes was your champion, too. Like, what's even waiting for what? For her to beat someone at, you know... Like to beat one more person, I don't understand that thinking. However, um, you know, if that's the case, then maybe throw a little more money her way and, and get her to to commit to coming back. I think. Um, I think for one, just uh, look. I'm not going to talk like I know what it's like to be a mom. But if I'm going to use my imagination, it comes down to how much does she want to do it? Like. You know, does she feel like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to add this to my record while I'm in my prime. Or is she here and she's like, you know what? It's not worth the risk. I'm going to lose this and that and more if I lose the belt and I'm upset and this uh, all, all this other stuff. Uh, I can imagine like, look, at a certain point, it's like, hey, you know, you're in such a volatile place where it's like it, it's so precious now. It's like, all right, I reach GOAT status. Now it's not about me, it's about somebody could possibly upset me. Like, what do I get out of it? And I completely get that from a financial and just like a promotional aspect. If I'm managing Amanda Nunes, I am saying, you got to make this worth it. Because she's not getting anything from beating your other person anymore. Now it's about, you know, someone else could make their career beating Amanda, not the other way around. And so I get that from a business perspective. Um, in terms of competition, look, if this is what she loves to do, get out there and prove it and test herself, Megan Anderson is there. I do believe that if Aspen beats Sarah, Aspen Ladd beats Sarah McMahon, Irene Aldana beats Holly Holm, they'll match those two girls together and that'll be a fight at 135. But, you know, once again, I'm not going to act like, you know, those fights can all wait. And I completely get it. Like, Megan Anderson, let's say she goes out there, has another great fight this year. I mean, here we go. Then, you know, suddenly you've got good material. By that time, Amanda will be, you know, she'll know where she's at in terms of a return, most likely. I think all of that works. So, I think she'll take a break. I don't think that's it. I don't think that last week was the last, you know, or, you know, week and a half was the last time we see Amanda, but... You know, could we not see as many fights? Like, I'll say this. If, if I'm Amanda Nunes right now, I'm saying two fights. Megan Anderson, winner of Aspen Ladd, Arena Donna, if they both win. And that's it. Literally anything else is like, now you're just really asking me to for the change. So, Yeah, man. You know, if I'm the UFC, I'm, I'm asking her, look, if... If you're really going to retire or at least take a long period off, then that's great. Go live your life. Enjoy your baby. But we're going to do interims because you got two belts. And I think that's a fair case for interim belts at 135 and 145. Then then there's something more exciting for when, if she decides to return, now she's fighting to unify, right? And it's not just to, you know, to to defend, right? So so that's that's different. Someone else has, like, been, you know, warming the seat for her. Might get her, might get her uh, mojo going again. But, but I was thinking just about her career, right? And like on paper, she's knocked out all these legends. She's defeated all these legends, and she kind of did it all on the front end, right? To get her belt, she beat Misha Tate, 
Rousey does that awesome win over Holly Holm. Cyborg, amazing finish. And then who's left is just like, as you were saying, like, what, what's the point of giving people a chance to figure me out to knock me off my, my throne? Why do that? So it's a very interesting career. She has nothing, absolutely nothing to prove. So I think what, what could get her interested again is, is, is having other people with her belts if she hasn't officially retired yet. But if not, like, man, just, just go walk off into the sunset. Like, you've done it all. And you've got your Modelo commercial, too. That apparently needs to be redone, apparently, according to Natalie. It, uh, it should be a little bit. <laughs> you more need personal. her. You need her to make a choice, don't you? <laughs> well, it's just kind of generic. Let's give her some some pop. If you were writing Amanda Nunes' commercial, how would it go? Jeez, I don't know because I don't really know anything about her, and I would put that on the UFC. They need to tell me more. Get me more excited. Once upon a time, Amanda Nunes found mixed martial arts. Amanda yeah. Nunes had a choice. Keep fighting on the streets of Brazil or be a legend in the UFC. You know, that works. Modelo, or, the fight. <laughs> remember that time when she wore that funny lion mask? We could say that. She had a choice to buy that mask or to leave it where it was. Now that's, she chose to buy it. Now that's some college humor skit. <laughs> Modelo. <laughs> no, um... We'll get back to that. Leave a, you know, send us a message. Send us a message and let us know what you guys think. Um, uh, I do want to touch on it real quick before we move on. Uh, The featherweight division. Look, there's not as many elite featherweights recognized. And I think that's a big thing. Like, even Bellator. Yes, they have more women. But tell me right now who you think is actually, you know, at the Julia Budd, Chris Cyborg level. You know, maybe one or two, if that. And, you know, part of that is the dominance. I mean, I think that people don't give Julia the credit she deserves and Bellator in general in terms of that. So now, you know, I feel like to build a division, someone's getting screwed because it's like you pretty much have to take all of Invicta's people and you got to really, you know, take a heart out of the Bellator featherweight division just to bring in USC featherweights, because yep. I think to, you know, to act like there's this deep pool of elite competition out there that you could say, yeah, this is the number one featherweight who's, you know, all these women are attached to contracts right now. Kayla Harrison, I mean, you know, she's PFL's million dollar girl, literally. So uh, it's hard to do, is my point. So I get why, even if, you know, not, well, regardless of how much desire is there, it's always been a tough division, and I think the numbers just show that. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough ahead. to get athletic fighters, female fighters, in, in, in those weight classes. It really is. Anyway, sorry. No. And then Amanda has admitted herself she prefers 135. So oh, there you go. Nothing wrong with that. Anyway, but that's a, you know, that's a conundrum for another day, I'm sure. Oh, by the way, speaking of moms and Amanda Nunes... Misha Tate delivering the baby Ooh. at the house. Oh, my God. Dude, what? That's a boss move right there. That might be more boss than choking out Holly in the fifth round. I'll tell you. I think I think so, man. And, like, Johnny Nunez saying, like, oh, I saw the head crowning, and I decided not to call the ambulance and just man up. What? Whoever does that? He needs a Modelo commercial. He had a choice <laughs> to call an ambulance or to deliver the baby himself. I would so, I mean we need those people with all those digital editing skills to get yeah, on that right? man come on <laughs> pay the guy who does the voiceover for Modelo to do a little more do a little more I mean can you believe that that is impre- that is I'm very impressed that is that is one now they're, they're in that is one though, right? that is one girl BMF right there yeah seriously yeah, congratulations, Misha. Now you got a now you got the set, boy and girl, which is you know that's the goal, right? But um, get the set on the first try. I think so. Yeah. Oops. Wow, I just can't imagine how that all went down. But but yeah, good on them, and what a story they have to tell their their son. Legit, true story, and no judgment, but just to show that this does happen. Uh, saw a guy, and um, you know, he was uh had his family and introducing them. And uh, legit, like, 
four or five daughters and the baby boy. Ooh. And then, you know, I kind of mentioned, it's like, oh, I got the boy on the last try, huh? And then he was like, oh, you noticed that, huh? <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's like, you noticed what we were trying to do? And I'm like, wow. But just Seriously. goes to show, you know? I mean, that's, he's got a full basketball team, I'll say that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. You could have a band with a manager and a roadie, you know, in change. <laughs> it's cool. Anyway, that's crazy. But yeah, so the point of that story, congrats, Misha. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. Um, not a lot in terms of dramatic news. Like I said, uh, they did announce some stuff for August, and that's Derek Lewis uh, returning to take on Alexei Olinick. That is a sneaky good fight when you consider Linux. Uh, he's got some good wins, and everybody knows the Black Beast. But also on that one, Chris Weidman taking on uh, low-key veteran Omari Akhmedov. And I know what you're thinking. Like, if you're not familiar with him, no, he hasn't had that big fight yet. But he has been in the UFC a minute. And, um, yeah, I think this is... If you're Chris Weidman, obviously you know what's going on there. They want him to get a win. Um, he's a like you're talking about a guy, and I heard this said about him. Chris Weidman could lose ten in a row, but because of all the work he did to get the UFC to New York, they wouldn't cut him. And you know that being said, it's not a secret he needs to turn this one around. Um, do you have any thoughts? I stand with you on that, man. It's 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 a it's the worst kept secret, right? Like he needs a win. Like the the last time, I don't know if this was the last time he won, but I remember when he beat Kelvin Gastelum and was coming off a losing streak. I remember his dad beating the octagon, and he was just so excited he couldn't believe it. His son got a win. He was like, "Yeah, we're back!" And then, you know, just just tough luck. He looked great against Jacare, and then just got. You know, a little careless and was finished. The Dominic Grace fight, that's a tough out at 205. My goodness. So, yeah, let's let's help him reset, you know. I think this could be good. Let's get – let's get – I want to see Chris Weidman back on track. That, that's what I want to see. I'll say this, though. Look at Akhmedov's record. Just because you don't know about him doesn't mean <laughs> that he's not a dangerous guy, man. I'm, I want to give the credit where it's due. Yeah, I shouldn't just assume that this is like a, you know, a gimme for Weidman, right? Who knows? Yeah. It looks like, yeah, so it looks like they're going to do double header, And then Yoel Romero versus Uriah Hall in August. Um, I'm assuming that one's going to get added to the Stipe DC card. Um, look, I'll take any chance to watch Yoel Romero fight. I think that that's a, you know, ironically, like, come on, more than Israel Adesanya, that would, Uriah Hall is the perfect opponent to use his wrestling. But he's most likely going to try to stand and bang with him, which I'm not against either. It's is that a surprising matchup for you? Like someone, so many numbers down on the ranking. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, Yoel Romero was just fighting, you know, Israel Adesanya, right? Like, this is crazy. I think that it's just um, it, that could be on purpose to get Yoel back, you know, back up the ladder. I think also look at his record. Who's who's there that's necessarily brand new for him to fight? Not really, you know. Not really, yeah. I know they announced uh, Edmund Shabazian. I know he's uh, trying to build his way up. And I think they want Marvin Vittori, you know, probably to build his way up too. So I feel like if it's about keeping him active, I think that's about as good as you could do for Yoel. But yeah, I, like I kind of wanted to see Darren Till just because they've done a good job, you know, Darren acting like he's afraid. But I, I, I'm not against it. I do like the stylistic fight between Robert and Darren, too. More than Yoel versus Darren, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then finally, Natalie, it looks like our Fight Island lineup is set. So obviously the big one, Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns on July 11th. Then we're going to have Calvin Cater versus Dan Ige. And then that one also has Edgar Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz. That's on that's on July 15th. I think people forgot. We already have July 18th set. Joseph Benavidez versus Davison Figueredo for the now vacant UFC flyweight title. Um, Natalie, for a week on the island, not bad. I think that's, you know, 
throw in a couple cabanas, a couple Mai Tais, and I think that sounds like the epic two-week stretch that the UFC was looking for. Yeah, man, they put together a nice set of cards here, a great set of cards. This makes me happy, but what makes me happier, Double G, is that today I got my Fight Island t-shirt in the mail. Oh, my gosh. Which one did you get? <laughs> so I actually got two. I got one for my husband, but the one I wanted was the white one that has, um, like, the octagon on, like, an island shape on the backside. But I got him – for him, I got the black one with the – like the rock fist and fighters like climbing up the fist, like the right. kind of like bloody, like, you know, battle royale one. I mean, I'm assuming the one you got for me is still in the mail. And it's, yes, I want to yes. see it, uh, it any time now. It's you, in the you, mail. You took a lot of, put a lot of thought into which one that you wanted no, no, to get No, no, man, me. you got the Laura Senko one. Come on now. <laughs> I know. Anyway. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good stuff. I mean, uh, I did realize that that's only three. We still need the July. I think Whitaker's till is the July 25th one. I want to oh, say yeah, they're the main event. Did I? I, I feel know. like they just haven't done the little UFC graphic, but I want to say it has to be. I feel like that's a no-brainer if it's not on the pay-per-view. So I'm with it. This is even better. Like if you if if that's the, if that's true, and I'm sorry that I missed that. Then gee, they like really put out all the stops. I wonder, like, what all the packages are going to look like, the, the the shoulder programming or whatever, and how soon they're going to get all the fighters out there so they can film some cool stuff on the island. Like, it's going to be cool, man. The embedded are going to be awesome. Or the one embedded, I should say. Oh, that's going to be sick. Yeah. I think, oh, they got to do some kind of log, I think. How can you not? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the embedded already, too. Um, Natalie, we got a lot of stuff going on this Saturday. This card is sneaky good. They've got a lot of fun matchups. Uh, I'll say this, when I looked at it, you know what it reminded me of? Those old school UFC fight nights, like back, I'm talking about Spike TV, back <laughs> when every fight on the card, you knew who it was, and you know, it was a good one for free television. The prelims reflected a little more, I think, than the main card. I think the main card's got a lot of new people, but I'm impressed with the amount of vets on the prelims, personally. Um, so let's start with the main event, Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. Um, both guys coming off good wins. Volkov over Greg Hardy, Curtis Blades. He got the job done against Junior Dos Santos at the beginning of the year. Um, this is just a solid fight. I think that it's bigger for Volkov because if you can knock off Curtis Blades, I think that by process of elimination behind Francis Ngannou, you become the number one contender. And I think that's a big, big deal for Alexander Volkov. Curtis, the fact is, no matter how good he looks, everyone's going to be like, you are firmly behind Francis Ngannou, even if you were to like backflip knockout Volkov. <laughs> Just plain and simple. Yeah, no doubt. Everyone's behind Francis Ngannou. But, you know, yeah, this could be interesting. Volkov, if he had not gotten knocked out by Derek Lewis, you know, what would his career look like right now? But I was thinking about Curtis Blades, and, like, my first thought is always, like, oh, he just grinds you out. But, like, his, yeah, his last couple of fights were, were finishes. So this could be interesting. I always like jinx the heavyweight fights by saying it's going to be over in the first round and then it takes like three rounds and it's just a decision uh but you know what this might be over soon i don't know i'm gonna go ahead and jinx it <laughs> i think this one's more likely to go the distance okay. ironically um you know what with curtis blades um you said i'm trying to i just blanked on i had a better example i feel like but He's got a little bit of the Kamaru Usman thing working for him is that, you know, great power, great hands, but his wrestling. In terms of the heavyweight division, I would argue that he's one of the best guys outside of Cormier that just is going to look for just shoot a double and grind on you. But he, um, and uh, he offsets that by having great hands. He's gotten a lot better and just more and more polished throughout his UFC career. I think that's the X factor. Volkov is so slick with his boxing. He uses that height and reach probably better than anybody else. Um, I think that that's going to make him a, you know, it's a great weapon. But I think at the end of 
the last point at the end of the day, can he avoid the takedown of Curtis Blades? Can he stay on the feet if he gets down? Can he avoid getting controlled and get back up quickly? All of that is important because I think if he can't do that, I don't see him, you know, beating Curtis Blades for 25 minutes. I think he could win a lot of striking exchanges, but that's when it becomes a grind, tough pace. And quite bluntly, even though Volkov's got a couple wins over some submission guys like Verdum, those guys kind of all elected to stand with him. Like, I don't remember Verdum really trying hard to try to get Volkov down. So, that's what makes this fight uh, dangerous for him, is that Curtis wrestling, that's really just going to be the one that could bite him. I agree. I think the wrestling will be the, the difference maker here. And I'm thinking... Blades is going to be able to take him down, not at will. There's going to be some resistance, but but you know, decent enough time. He'll have uh, he'll have the, you know, like I'm looking at, I'm thinking like 70 30, you know, as far as attempts go. And I think he's going to finish him ground and pound. I think it's going to be like a TKO in round three. That's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. I'm gonna roll the dice. I really like Volkov. I think a lot of people sleep on him. I I, I like his style. I love his boxing. Um, I'm gonna. I think like the Verdum fight. I thought the Verdum fight was so dangerous for him, and he went out there and shined. I think he's gonna get the job done. He's gonna find the footwork, and he's gonna look fantastic. And I think that he's gonna take a unanimous decision against Blades. Okay. We are split once again. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I thought you would like that. You got bragging rights last week. <laughs> yes. How do you feel about picking Jessica I, Gabriel? Not Tell us more. Let it go. <laughs> Just let it go. <sighs> you win. I don't do this to you. No, you we know. never do this. We never rub it in or anything. In fact, what do you mean? You, you don't you even just, remember. You just, no, I, like, no, I just don't do that to you. I feel like that's mean. Yeah, um, I guess you, it's kind of I'll, I'll say this: the one, the only one I remember that I was very proud of was um, the Justin Gaethje knockout on Edson Barbosa. That oh. one was epic. Gaethje just like just rolled the dice. I thought you know Edson was a great style matchup for old Justin, just down the middle and Gaethje with the first round KO, making me sound like a genius. That's the only one that I was like, <laughs> guess so. And, you know, I, I do know you didn't let me forget that you picked Gaethje to beat Tony, which, you know, yeah, sure still did. hurts me to this day. <laughs> oh. uh, Natalie, some sneaky good stuff on the card. Uh, in terms of, I guess, real big significance, the matchup that stands out to me is Roxanne Modafferi against Lauren Murphy, which we mentioned earlier. Um, Lauren Murphy's coming off the win over Andrea Lee, Roxanne over Macy Barber, but the reason this one stands out to me is behind Caitlin Chukagian, I really feel like this fight is the one with the most in terms of, hey, if Valentina had to fight somebody else who's not Wei Li after Joanne, and that's assuming that she beats JoJo, I mean, the winner of this one is kind of like my only pick. I can't really think of somebody new for her outside of these two. And so that one... This one just kind of stands out to me. It's like, I know that, you know, on paper, you feel like there should be more girls ahead of them in line. Because of Shevchenko, there's just really not. Yeah, that, that's fair. Like, they're definitely going to be in the mix. And, and you know, yeah, we'll see what happens with Calderwood. But Jessica, I, you know, she'll be, it'll be a while. Kayla Chukagian, I suspect it'll be a while. So, you know, yeah, if Chukagian wins against Calviosha, they make that matchup, which is a good one. That's kind of tricky, but I think they would probably make her wait to fight maybe the winner of Montefiore Murphy and get somebody to, to go up against Shevchenko. Then after that, um, Jennifer Maya is in there too. They got her ranked number, number five. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely some play there for these, for these fighters in that department. I mean, depending on the timetable... I mean, let's, you know, let's look deep into the crystal ball, right? Let's say they match up Chukagian, Calvillo. Let's say Shevchenko were to beat Calderwood. Let's say some, um, things work out that Shevchenko were to fight Wei Li, you know, in a dream, dream world, early 2021. 
I could see the Roxanne Murphy winner fighting the Chukagian Calvillo winner while they're waiting for Shevchenko and Wei Li to settle it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But yeah, in terms of, let's say, like, I do feel like the UFC wants Wei Li to get another one in. Um, I think that I'd imagine if it's going to happen, they want Wei Li to have swept the board and beat Jessica, Rose, and Joanna. She's already got two of those three, and I think Wei Li beats Rose. How can you not be hyped to see her fight Shevchenko, even with the size difference? You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, so that's, I, a killer, that's a killer fight, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, the way it relates to this fight is that the winner of this one would normally be probably knocking on the door for a title shot, but it's just about how and when do the, all these other fights play out, and I'm aware that's quite a few fights to need to play out before we could start talking about it, but on paper, if Whaley's not there, and let's say Shevchenko beats Calderwood... September? I mean, what's next? These girls are right there. They're on the win streak. So I like it. Yeah, Shevchenko's always going to be like, just feed me the next one, feed me the next one. So apart from this time where she has an injury, she's always game and, and not like looking to... She's just going to play it right down the middle, right? Like, I'm here to defend my belt and I'm going to keep doing it is until she, I don't want to. Is she injured? Or is she just kind of um, faking it on social media on her little road trip and she's secretly on a secret mission, you know, to, I don't, whatever, prevent the next disaster. Cause to send the, the COVID-19 virus to, the, to Jupiter, probably. You I know? mean, she's preventing the next disaster. We really yeah. can't handle another one this year. You know, the ne- I, I, I mean, at this rate, by this, by Christmas, we're going to see those news reports, you know, Earth's core beginning to expand and prepare Overheat to explode. Him, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, it's been good. Talked to a couple fighters in my life. My little uh, record of the human race probably not going to be read because it's going to burn in the universe. So, oh, well, it was a good run. Yeah, that's anyway. all you can do is just say, well, it was a good run. Anyway, I'm sorry. That things took a turn. Anyway, <laughs> back to some fun stuff. Uh, Tisha Torres. Tisha is so fun to watch. She's ball of energy. Athletically, probably one of the, you know, one of the most impressive specimens at straw weight. But, man, she... Look at her record. She ran into a murderer's row with Andrade and Joanna and Wei Li. And man, you know, she's on four straight losses, uh, I guess, fighting for her UFC career. Do you think that could be what we're seeing? I actually don't think so. I think it's it's definitely fair to ask because certainly plenty of UFC fighters have been cut for even less amount of, of losses. But you, you 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 called it right there. The the murderers row, like the folks that she lost to, no one's gonna. That's not a, a knock on her as much as it is a a, a notch or a, a you know expected outcome really for for these folks who are all belt holders except for Marina uh, Rodriguez Rodriguez. I can't remember if she's yeah. Brazilian. So I don't think so for a couple of reasons. The the folks she lost to being one. This is kind of silly, but I'm going to say it anyway. The fact that she's, you know, with Raquel Pennington and Raquel Pennington still in the mix on her side of, of, of the uh, division and 135, like, there's no reason to, to cut her right now. And also, lastly, man, if, if Jessica I was able to stay in the UFC after four losses against fighters that were nowhere near what these these opponents of Tisha Torres's were, then, then there's no way that, that Torres will get cut. It, it just wouldn't be fair. Yeah, but if Tisha loses, that would be five, no? That would be five if she loses. That, oh, like, you mentioned the Raquel Pennington thing, and I hear that, but then I remember Austin Vanderford not getting that UFC contract after contender. <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's true, oof. that's true. That's a tough one. Um, ay, ay, ay. I like Tisha. I want her to stick around because I think she's so fun. And um, I think that that is the place for her is the UFC strawweight division, personally. Um, 
finally on that one, uh, Clay Guida and Frank Camacho on the same card, not against each other. Uh, you know what I love about this one, Natalie, is that having seeing them both in like the same section, like when you look at it on Wikipedia, I'm sorry, but this is exactly how it used to look. For fans who, you know, maybe you only came around for the Fox Air and all that, this is what the prelims used to look like. You had two electric bangers and they're just lighting it up on the undercard. I like it. Um... Clay Guida, I kind of feel like he's in Diego Sanchez territory as long as he keeps balancing it out and doesn't go on a terrible losing streak. He's in the UFC until he calls it a day. Frank yeah. Camacho, um, a few of his, uh, you know, didn't go his way, but man, this guy is like next generation Clay Guida. Same mentality. Goes out there, gets into a banger. I love it, so... I just got really excited. I'm like, you know what? This is a sneaky good undercard. I feel like, you know, I'm going to have to order the pizza a little early this Saturday. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? You called it. It's it's a pretty good all-around solid card. It's It's got a lot of entertainment, a lot of folks that are likely that have been paired up with opponents that are likely to give us good shows, man. I mean, it's Let's, good. Yeah. So it's my kind of Saturday night. What know? kind of – what do you put on your pizza? What, what are you, a uh, Hawaiian oh, yeah. pizza guy? What do you do? I am. I am okay. all for pineapple on a pizza, ham. I Okay, I have heard this is crazy, but if you could do pineapple on a pizza, imagine, I, I always feel like some strawberries. Like, why oh. not toast them, try them, just, I'm telling you, just think outside the box. And I'll say this, a lot of people think, what the F is wrong with you when I mention that? I'd like to point out, I have seen some people do dip their pizza in ranch. And are you <laughs> telling me that that's not nastier than trying strawberries on a pizza? I don't want to. You need to. Don't at me. You know what I mean? The thing is, I'm not against it. Pizza is my favorite dish in the whole world. I, I've never met a pizza I don't like. I, I like them all. Fancy, common, in the middle. Little Caesars is my favorite frozen from the market i don't care i'm a pepperoni gal but i do love a good hawaiian but you got to think about the pairing so the pineapple goes perfectly with the ham so what would you pair the strawberry with let me get back to you <laughs> okay okay but i like it i'm not shooting it down i'm not i'm not disgusted so it, can't, I'm it, it can't stand alone all right nope. i get what you're saying i don't think it can but i'm intrigued i think there's something there I would feel like I would match it on top of the pineapple and the ham, kind of like oh, a. So it suddenly okay. turns into like a kebab kind of deal. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think we need extra ham, but I'm okay with that. All right. Okay. Uh, we got to make a YouTube video soon. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, that's it for our show. Next week, UFC Vegas. Three, Dustin Poirier versus Dan. Sorry, I think it might be four. My apologies. Um, but yeah, UFC Vegas, Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker. Good stuff in the lightweight division. I'll be reporting live on everything, so you can look forward to that. Um, Natalie, where can fans find you on social media? I will be on Twitter at Natalie Zamudio underscore and on Instagram at ZamudioRama. And guys, you can find me all the time at Double G on TV. Just spell out the word double and we'll be back next week.